we've come to this house tonight to worship the Lord and to hear from his word. So let's get into the word of God. Psalms 139 verses 1 through 6 says to the chief musician, a psalm of David. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my laying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind, that means fortified me behind and before, and you've laid thy hand upon me. And in verse 6, he makes this statement. He says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Amen. If we think about it, we also have to make that statement. When we think about the power of God, it's beyond our comprehension. Amen. We really can't understand how somebody can know every thought that we have, where I'm rising up, when I'm laying down. And not just me, but for everybody in the whole world. God knows that. And then if we go to Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24, the last couple of verses in that chapter, the psalmist says this. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So I thought that's interesting little note to me anyway, that David understands, he makes a statement, God knows everything. He knows my heart. God's already searched it. He knows my heart. He knows me better than myself. But here in verse 23 and 24, he's asking God to search his heart. And so it lets us know that even though God knows everything, he still gives us our own will, right? We have control over this heart. We can let him in or out of certain areas of our life. I talked to a young man the other day and he was saying, you know, there's this like a dungeon or a jail in, in my heart that I, that I wouldn't release unto God. You know, I wouldn't release and relinquish him to have access to that area of my life. And he said, when I finally did, he said, I found this great peace and just this great comfort in the Holy Spirit. And that's what happens when we just turn it over to the Lord. He already knows. Look at your neighbor and say, he already knows. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And that's hard to imagine, right? But he gives us his own will. And so we have to allow him. We can do it. We can allow him in or not allow him in. And we can do our own thing. Amen. But as we look into the word of God, we realize that this is how Jesus, right? He gained the victory over the cross. Amen. When he gained the victory over the cross, it was in the garden where he prayed. That's where he gained that victory. And in Matthew 26, it records this in verse 39. Jesus was in the garden. He went a little further and he fell on his face and uh, prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup <clears throat> pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, 
but as thou wilt. So there he comes and he prays this pray, not my will, but thy will be done. Not what I want to do, not what I want, not what this flesh wants to do, but what do you want me to do? Amen. That's not an easy prayer to pray. Amen. Because we are, we want to do our own thing, don't we? Verse 40, he cometh unto his disciples and find them asleep because he took Peter, James, and John with him. And he said, watch here. I'm going to go further and pray. You pray here. But when he came back, he found them asleep. And he said unto Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Could you not pray? He says in verse 41, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. So Jesus is, gives us a great insight here in verse 41 why we need to pray. Well, our spirit's willing, right? It's willing to do the will of God. We desire to do the will of God. You ever been in the house of God and, you know, the, the preaching goes forth and you say, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast all next week, you know, before you get home. You've changed your mind or you say, well, maybe I'll fast a couple days, you know. When you're in, the Spirit is willing. We want to do it. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh, this old flesh, is weak. Amen? So he admonishes them. And it's not rocket science. Watch and pray. Amen? There is no substitute for prayer. Amen? Pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so in verse 42, he goes away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time. Everybody say the third time saying the same words. This is the battle that he had. This is the battle that we all have. He didn't just pray once. He just didn't pray about it twice. But he went back the third time. And he said, not my will. Amen. But thy will be done. And we need to do that in our prayer. We need to keep going back to the Lord until we break this old will. Amen. Break the desire of this old flesh. So we've, we know and we realize that Jesus' victory over the cross or over the flesh, if you will, is the same way that we are going to gain victory. It's through prayer and saying within our heart, thy will be done. Amen. And so I want to go to Luke chapter 2 to read something there and it's it's about the birth of Jesus and Mary and Joseph after he was born brought him to Jerusalem and presented him unto the Lord and it was according to the law they were going through the the process and Simeon the priest at the temple blesses them and while they're there he makes this prophetic statement to Mary about Jesus in Luke 2 verse 34 and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother behold this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Verse 35, Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul 
also. So he's telling Mary, he says, you know, you're going to feel this pain. You're going to see your son crucified and it's going to pierce you through your own soul. And this is why it's going to happen, though. It gives us the reason why that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Amen. So God went to the cross. Amen. So that he could overcome sin. And the reason he came and died was to reveal himself to us. Right. He was God manifested in the flesh and to reveal our own heart to us, to reveal ourselves to ourselves, if you will. We need a savior. Amen. When you come to that realization that you need a savior, that's when you come to the realization of what Jesus came to this earth for was to save us. Hallelujah. And to to help us to find our heart. And our purpose, you receive purpose after that you come to the Lord. And that's the main thing why people are so uh, depressed and oppressed and everything. They, They don't see a need of Jesus Christ and they don't see a purpose in this life. But when you come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and allow him in to your heart, hallelujah, to search you, then you realize, you begin to realize who you really are. The Bible says we become new creatures in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 And that he, Jesus, died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. And so since he died, then we have to come to that realization that we don't just live unto ourselves or for ourselves. Amen. But unto him which died for them and rose again. Verse 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So we become a new creature. You know, how, is, how did we become a new creature? Right? When I got born again, when you got born again, you didn't change your looks. You still looked the same way you always did. Amen. And you, you know, you still had all your problems and troubles that you brought in. Amen. You still had them. And uh, But God began to work on you. And the reason that we become a new creature is that we have been given that new nature. We were once in the world and of the world. Now we are of the Lord. Hallelujah. So it's a new nature or a new heart. He gives us and brings that new heart, that new desire. And that creation, that new creature it's, it is a creation, and He is creating us, and it's a, it's a process. Second Peter 3 tells us, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a journey, amen? Aren't you thankful for the journey that you have and coming to know God and Him doing a work on your life? And if you've been in the church very long, you understand that you're, at least you should be, further down the road in your walk with the Lord than you were when you first started. And it's a great journey, and it hasn't always been easy, and it hasn't always been, you know, what you would say, uh, a walk in the park. But God begins to move upon you, and you begin to grow in Him, and some old things are left behind. Hallelujah. And He gives you deliverance over things as you begin to grow in Him. And so we realize that we need this Lord and we need this Savior. Amen. To Him be the glory both now and forever. 
And aren't you thankful for the journey of living for the Lord? Remember that old song, I wouldn't take nothing from my journey now. Hallelujah. Gotta make it to heaven somehow. Amen. So this heart issue, and let's kind of define the heart. It has such a, a relative or a wide range of definitions. And so, but for this Bible study tonight, it just figuratively means the thoughts or the feelings of the mind. Amen. And also it means the middle or the seat of our emotions. So that's what heart is for tonight. Amen. Like I said, it has all different kinds of, of meanings, but basically it means that inner thought, those feelings that we have, that seat or emotions that we, we have. In Psalms chapter 19, verses 12 through 14, it says, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. That's the Lord getting into your heart and doing a work in you. And we even have secret faults. I can remember reading this for the first time and really thinking about it. And I said, Lord, you know, I got plenty of faults that I know about that I got to work on. And now you are telling me that I have secret faults. So God gets down into where you really are if we'll allow him. Like the psalmist said, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. If we'll allow him to, he gets all that up. We think, you know, in the flesh, we think it's going to be a bad thing. We think that it's going, you know, that it's something that we don't need. But if we only realize that it's the best thing that we could do, amen, is to live for the Lord. Amen. How many know living for the Lord is the best thing that you can do? Amen. So why don't we do it completely? Amen. Why don't we just turn it over to him with everything that we've got? We know his ways are the best ways, but we always fight his ways. Amen. So cleanse thou me from the secret fault. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent of the great transgression. Verse 14 let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Hallelujah. I'm glad he put that in the end there. O Lord, my strength. He's the one that's going to help us to do this, to reveal our hearts to ourselves and to allow God to get in and to do that work in our lives. And he's not only our strength. But he's our redeemer. In Matthew, Jesus looked at the Pharisees and he said, Oh, generation of vipers, how can you be an evil? Speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen. You don't have to be around somebody too long to figure out what they believe or how they feel or what their goals are. Amen. Because their mouth spews it out. Right. The mouth reveals what's in the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so these are some of the definitions or comments in the Word of God about the heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Issues of life are just simply the source of life. Amen. Your heart is what you are all about. What you are on the inside. 
And on the outside, amen, you may be someone different, but what's on the inside is who we really are. Amen. And so he says, keep it with all diligence. And it means to guard as a man at the post or at the prison. Keep your heart. Keep it with all diligence. Be serious about this thing. For out of the heart are all the issues of this life. And that's why the psalmist cried out. You know, he understood that. Lord, search me and know my heart. The psalmist David, you know, the Bible declares him as a man after God's own heart. And I'm glad that it does because you look into David's life and you see that he had a lot of flaws. Amen. He had a lot of mistakes. He had a lot of sins in his life. But God knew his heart. And the thing about it was, was that David had a repentant heart. Amen. He was always ready and willing to say, Lord, I'm sorry I messed up. Help me do your work. Amen. And that's what it is saying, search me, O God. Hallelujah. And know my heart. Help me, O Lord. It gives us hope. Amen. That even though we have made mistakes, have faults and failures in our lives, we can still be men and women after God's own heart. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the grace and the mercy of God? It doesn't give us a license to sin, but when we make a mistake, hallelujah, we can come back to the Lord. And he says, if you confess your sins, hallelujah, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. And so we get to Hebrews chapter 10, verse um, 22. Well, let me back up. Let's go to Matthew seven twenty-one. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Pretty important for us to find the will of God in our lives. Amen? And I don't think it's too hard. Basic will. <clears throat> the basic will of God for your life is right here. It's living by the word of God. Amen. But we need to p- make plans for the word of God to work in our lives. I heard a story the other day it was about an old man. He saw a younger man um, walking down the street and he just stopped him. He said, young man, can I ask you a question? And the young man said, yeah, sure, you can ask me. He said, what are you planning to do with your life? And the young man said, well... I'm going to college and I'm going to get a degree in business. And the old man says, that's good. That's a good plan. He said, and then what? And he says, well, then I think I'm going to go and get me an office on Wall Street and I'm going to make a lot of money. And the man says, that's a good plan. That's a good plan. He said, what are you going to do after that? He said, well, I'm going to get married and settle down. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to. Enjoy the finer things of life. The old man says, yeah, that's a good plan. I like that plan. He said, then what are you going to do? And he says, well, I, guy, the guy, kid, just kind of getting a little frustrated at all these little continuances. He said, well, I guess I'm going to retire, you know, have grandkids, enjoy my grandkids. And, and the old man says, yeah, and, th- and then what are you going to do? He said, well, I, I guess I'll drift off into Never Never Land and and uh, I'll die. And, and the old man says, and then what are you going to do? And the young man said, well, I haven't thought about that. 
And the whole point is that we make plans and we think about this life, right? And we want to do our will here in this life. And we've got all these ideas and thoughts and things that we want to do. But the best thing we can do is make the plans for the hereafter. Hallelujah. Jesus talked about it. A man he had barns. He had bigger. And he says, what well, I'm going to do. And he said, he talked to his own self. He said, I'm, I'm going to big build a big, bigger barns and put my stuff in there and eat and drink and be merry. And, and the, uh, Jesus said, you know, that fool, because tonight thy soul will be required of thee. And not that those things are wrong, but we have to have a plan for your soul. And it starts with our heart. Out of the issues of our heart. Amen. Our, out of our heart come the issues of life. And he that doeth the will of my Father. Amen. Are the ones that are going to be in heaven. Many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works that's a sobering thought right there you know what i'm saying these guys are coming to the lord and saying we've done these great things we've preached in your name we've cast out devils in your name we've done wonderful works amen and then verse 23 though jesus says and then i will profess profess unto them i never knew you think about that go through all the processes and all the things and uh religion or whatever you want to call it but for never to allowing the lord to know us to say search me O lord and know my heart he's going to say i never knew you depart from me ye that work iniquities so this is kind of my thought tonight it comes from hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 and half my time's gone <clears throat> let us draw near with a true heart. Don't conceal it from the Lord. You can't. <laughs> we can conceal everything else, right? From our spouse, our friends, our, you know, our pastor. Everything else we can conceal from other people. But we cannot conceal our heart from God. Amen? To be honest and to be real and to be transparent. Let us draw near with a true heart heart not concealing in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water all right so we need to come to god with a true heart so there's three things that i wrote down here on what we need to do to have a true heart and the first one is that we have to find your heart all right locate where your heart is only you can do that you've got to search it out within yourself but it's pretty easy and it's pretty plain to find it the bible gives us directions on where to find our heart in matthew or luke chapter 12 verse 34 he says for where your treasure is there will your heart be also amen so where do you spend your time when do you spend your treasure your money where do you spend your talent amen there's an old quote that says you can tell what somebody believes by looking at their checkbook and looking at their calendar where do they spend their time and when do they spend their money it's a good thing for us to take inventory amen to take inventory on where we are in our walk with the lord 
Lord, where am I? How do you view me? Do a work in my heart. The two major things that we have to have when we come to the Lord is commitment and sacrifice. And so that's why we don't really like to to relinquish that. You know, we don't like to... It goes against our flesh and against everything we have when we talk about being committed and, and sacrificing. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Amen. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So we have to present our bodies to him, present that heart, that heart to him and say, here it is, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Do your work in my life. Amen. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, it says, Commit, commit thy works unto the Lord, and your thoughts, or we could insert here, in your heart will be established. Your thoughts, your innermost being. When you commit your works to the Lord, you begin to um, establish your hearts. That's how you find where your heart is. It's not very hard to find. Where, where is your emotions at? What is you, what are you most passionate about? Amen. What do you desire the most as you look into your own lives and determine these things? Amen. You can find your heart pretty easily, but that's how you become a true worshiper over what I'm going to call a praiser. Amen. And praise and worship are used interchangeably in the word of God. But for tonight's Bible study, to be a true worshiper, have a true heart, there's a difference between just praise and worship. Praise is acknowledgement. David acknowledged the power of God, right? He said, you know when I sit down, you know when I stand up, you know what I'm thinking, you know when I leave, when I come back, I'm never out of your sight, you know every word that comes out of my mouth, even before I say it, And David admits, I cannot comprehend such knowledge and power. This is acknowledgement. This is praise. I heard an evangelist one time say, you know, the the drunk can stumble out of the bar, catch himself from falling on the light post in the night, look up, see all the stars and the moon and the heavens just glowing, and he can praise God for what he's seeing right now. And he said, you know, his praise, God is worthy of that praise. His praise is something that God is due. He's praising God and he's doing it. Amen. But his life is out of order. His life is not in order with the Lord. He's praising him, but he's not really worshiping him. Amen. Because worship becomes relationship. So David acknowledges God's power. That's praise. But he says, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's when it becomes worship. You want to have that relationship. I'm giving everything over to you, Lord. I am giving my heart to you. Amen. Because it's not just who God is, but it's what God has done that makes us a worshiper. Amen. You don't know, you know, 
the old song that says, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. When you see somebody up here worshiping the Lord and they're dancing around and you're just thinking, you know, well, they're getting a little out of hand. You just don't know what God has done for them. Amen. You just don't know how God has lifted them up out of the miry clay. Hallelujah. I, when I'm praising God, I don't care. Amen. Because I know what I used to be and I know what I am today. Hallelujah. I'm delivered from this world. Hallelujah. I'm saved and on my way to heaven. So it doesn't really matter what anybody thinks. I've just come to lift up the name of Jesus. And I know you have too. But that's the difference between praise and praise. We know people come into here off the streets. They come in all the time. And they say, man, you know, one guy told me just the other day. He said, I never even knew a place like this existed. You know, and it's because of the praise and the worship that goes up, right? And it's the presence of God that they feel as God inhabits the praises of his people. But it's more than just the praise that brings that present in. It's the worship. It's the people that have committed themselves to be here every Sunday, to commit themselves to live for God. And that's why we can come in here and enjoy the power and the presence of Almighty God. Amen. That's real worship. Amen. And so we need to realize that we need to find our heart. Amen. Locate that heart. What is your main things in your life? And sometimes we have to make adjustments, right? You need to make take some inventory and you need to throw some things out. And there's some acquaintances you may have. You need to throw some acquaintances out, you know, that may be hindering you. You may say that that may seem a little harsh, but, you know, we have to we have to get the hindrances out of our lives in order to do what God desires us to do. There may be some relationships that you need to limit. Amen. Maybe spend too much time in those areas. Or you maybe need to find some relationships that you need to spend more time in because they're uplifting and godly and, and leading you in the right direction. But we have to take that inventory of our heart and decide, you know, what direction am I really going in my life? <clears throat> so the second thing to having a true heart is that you have to bind your heart. First of all, you've got to find it, and then you've got to bind it. Jeremiah seventeen nine says, The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Amen. Who can know it? Only God can really know it. We have to bind that heart. And it's a battle that we have within ourselves. And it's revealed through the power of prayer. Luke chapter 11 verse 2 records the Lord's prayer. He said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's praise, right? Hallowed be thy name. I worship you, Jesus. I praise you. I magnify you. Then when you read on, it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I'm going to call that worship for tonight's Bible study. Hallowed be thy name. I've come to praise you. But then I don't know if you can feel what I'm sensing in the difference between that, just that hallowed be thy name, and then you come into the Lord and say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done done can you feel that friction there it changes from me just saying i love you jesus i praise you jesus too i'm going to do what you want me to do and in that moment you make that 
switch or you make that effort to give it all over to the Lord. Thy will be done. And that's where the battle is. And that's why we have to go to him in prayer. Hallelujah. Because who can know the heart? It's desperately wicked. Amen. It's deceitful. Above all things, above anything else, our heart becomes deceitful. But when we say, Lord, not my will, but thy will, that's when it becomes worship. As in heaven, so in earth, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Amen. So here we have, and this is just an insert here. That we have, if you're having trouble in your walk, and if you're having trouble in your prayers being answered, then I suggest that you maybe take a look at your forgiveness gauge. Have you forgiven everybody? Do you hold anything against anybody? He says, for we also forgive everyone, everybody say everyone, that is indebted to us. How can we say, Lord... Forgive me if we can't forgive somebody else. Amen. We have to be able to let it go. And this is another big problem uh, in the lives and the hearts of people. And I don't minimize anybody that's been hurt or damage that's been done. And I realize sometimes it, you, just, you just don't know what they did to me. Well, we put Jesus on the cross, crucified the King of glory. Amen. Three and a spear through his side. Hallelujah. And we hollered, crucify him, crucify him. Amen. And so he says, if I've forgiven you, then we have to forgive others. That is a depth in the heart to be able to forgive. Amen. We're not, we may not forget, but we can forgive. Amen. You don't have to go out to dinner with them, but you can't hold it in your heart. You got to let it go. Because really what happens is you become the one that's affected by that. You're the one carrying around the baggage, the suitcase of weight or whatever it is, those ankle weights that are just bogging you down. They're going on their own life, not knowing anything's wrong. But we need to have our hearts right between one another, amen, in the church and those that also that are around us. We need to forgive even our enemies, amen. Have mercy even on your enemies. Forgive even your enemies. Hallelujah. He says, if you bring a gift to the altar and you remember somebody has all against you, go to that individual. Leave your gift and go to them and ask forgiveness. And then come back and present your gift. There's a power in it. I know we hear it a lot of times and we read it, but there's another, there's another battle this you know, we just read the Lord's Prayer. It's not just something to be quoted, you know. You really look into it and think about it. Those battles that are there, you know, that pull on us on a daily basis. Many can't truly worship because they have unforgiveness in their heart. So let it go. Amen. So you can worship the Lord. Hallelujah. And do the Lord's will in your life. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hallelujah. Lead us not into temptation, Lord, but deliver us from evil. That's making a conscious decision 
in your heart in prayer. And I don't want to go down that path, Lord. Deliver me from evil. Don't bring that. Don't take me down that path of temptation. Most of the time, temptations is something that pops up in our lives. So it comes in at, at a most unexpected time. And it comes and stands there. And you have to make that quick decision. And that's why in prayer, hallelujah, we can conquer that un, an uninvited temptation by coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, don't even let me go down that path. I've already made that decision. We are more, the Bible says, more than conquerors. Hallelujah. And Jesus told us, he said, I have overcome the world. He said, in this world, you're going to have troubles, trials, tribulations. Things aren't always going to be right. But he said, I have overcome the world. Amen. So bind your heart in prayer. You bring it under control. You don't let it hold the grudges. Amen. You let it, you, you come before him and say, not my will, not what I want to do, Lord, but what you want to do. That's binding in your heart. And the third thing is, and which is the process is, the third thing to have to, have to be true in your heart is to refine your heart. First find it, then bind it, and then we begin to refine it. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Amen? Kind of puts that kicker on the end. lets us know that double-minded. Don't be swayed. Don't go back and forth. Don't be this one day and this another day. Amen? This on Sunday and something else on Monday purify that heart before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be consistent. Lord, I want to be transparent. Amen. I want to live the way you want me to live. Hallelujah. Draw nigh unto God. Think about it. He says that if we draw nigh to Him, He draws nigh unto us. So I thought about this and I thought, you. so Lord, is there times in my life when I don't want you to draw nigh to me? <laughs> And I thought, sure, there have been times. I didn't want to hear it, you know. I didn't want to be honest with myself. I didn't want to hear what he had to say. And so um, that's, you know, that's why we hide from God. That's what happened in the garden. They hid from the voice of God. Amen. Because they had sinned. And he said, so purify that heart. Come before the Lord and say, Lord, search me and know my heart. Draw nigh unto God. If we'll allow him to, he'll draw nigh to us. And that's when he's able to do that work within our hearts and within our lives. <clears throat> Romans 12 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Hallelujah. He's a transformer. The renewing of our minds. Amen. We look into these scriptures and it puts it upon us. We have to do it. We have to present our bodies we have to draw nigh unto the lord we have to not be conformed and to be transformed by the renewing of the mind these are things that we have to do on our own selves they just don't happen but god will help us amen greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world hallelujah and god's desire is to help us to grow in him amen and it comes through prayer that we've already talked about and through the Word of God. The Word of God is 
quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner, hallelujah, of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You ever been spoken to by the word? Sure. If you haven't, you're not too in tune with it. Amen. You just begin to read it. You don't even have to be righteous. You just begin to read it sincerely. And it begins to speak to you. I know that because I read it as I was a sinner just for lack of nothing else to do. Read the Word of God and begin to speak to me. And I thought, wow, that's a, this Word is real. And God began to move upon the thoughts and the intents of my heart. And He does that with each and every one of us. And it's at that time that we have that decision to make my will or His will. Am I going to relinquish my will into this? Am I going to act upon the conviction that's coming into my heart, into my mind, into my soul? And I said this before, but you know, you're convicted in the, in the church and you're convicted during the preaching of the Word. It doesn't last very long. Before you get to your car, that conviction can be gone. Amen? Before it is, man, you're, you're ready to lay it all out there. You're ready to go to China and start a church or something. You know, you're ready to just give it all to the Lord. You know, you get convicted in your heart. The time you get to the car, you're wondering, you know, what restaurant are we going to eat at this afternoon? You know, conviction doesn't last very long. But the Word of God, it just keeps after you and you just keep reading the Word of God. Aren't you thankful God doesn't leave you alone? Aren't you thankful He keeps moving on our heart? He's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Verse 13 says, Neither is there any creature, we're a new creation, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in His sight. That's the thing that we have to keep going back to. God knows everything anyway. The best life is living for the Lord. The best way is His way. We'd all agree to that. And yet we fight it so much. Amen. But everything is manifested in His sight. He knows all things. We're not going to hide anything from God. But all things are naked and open unto Him. Unto the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. I like that part. With whom we have to contend with, with whom we have to deal with, and whom we have to answer to. Amen. We are open and naked unto the eyes of Almighty God. And that's really all we have to worry about is Him. Amen. And when we're in the right relationship with Almighty God, everything else will work out. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter number 10 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. You know, I'm not minimizing this feeling that we have. I'm not minimizing this war that's within us as we attempt to uh, overcome this old flesh. We don't war after the flesh even though we walk in it. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God hallelujah, to the pulling down of strongholds. Those strongholds that come against your heart, your will, your desires. God says, I'm mighty, hallelujah, pulling down those strongholds that are in your life. 
casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought, everybody say every thought, to the obedience of Christ. I have not reached that yet. Bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. Amen? But it can be done. We're new creatures. He's creating us. Hallelujah. And I'm hopefully I'm further along today than I was 20 years ago. Amen. Of bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedience. Have a readiness and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And so God has this great uh, invitation that he gives to us. He wants us to you know, find out where our heart is and He wants us to bind that heart and turn it over to Him and help Him as He refines that heart. Amen. And He gives us this great invitation in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us come, therefore come boldly into the throne room of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. This all stems from the Old Testament, right? The Old Testament tabernacle plan and they had the veil there and only the high priest could go in behind the veil once a year to offer up a sacrifice for the sins of the whole nation of Israel. But the Bible says that Jesus became that sacrifice. He's that Lamb of God, hallelujah, that was sacrificed for us. The veil was rent in twain. Now we can come boldly, think about it, we can come boldly into His presence. We are able to come into the throne of grace, under the throne of Almighty God, to obtain mercy and to find help in the time of need. He's not going to turn you away. He's not going to say you're beyond help. He's not going to say you've been too bad, you can't make it. He says, come boldly. Come boldly into this throne room of grace. The way has been prepared, but we have to do the work. Amen. We've got to go in there and we have to go before Him and cry, mercy, O Lord. Hallelujah. When we do, we find that grace to help us in the time of need. So to be true to our heart, we have to open it up to Jesus. I know that seems like elementary here. Amen. But it doesn't, it's not complicated. Amen. And it doesn't change. We just have to keep opening that heart to Him. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice, I will open up the door. Hallelujah. If they open and open up the door, I will come into Him and sup with Him. He's knocking. We have to open it up. He's there to help. He wants to come into our heart. He wants to help you in your struggles, in your situations, in your temptations, in your faults, your failures, in your sins, every weight, every sin that does so easily beset us. He wants to help us in that area. He said, I will come into Him and we'll sup with Him. He'll have communion with us. Hallelujah. And He with me. Praise God. And so we need to realize that we just need to allow the Lord to come into our hearts and to do this work in our lives. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. 
For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. When we turn it over to the Lord, He can renew that heart. He can renew us day by day, that inward man. Oh, but we got to keep after it, don't we? you got to keep going. You can't let up on this. You sit down one time, pretty soon your, your prayer life begins to slacked up and you don't read the Bible as much. You start yourself drifting. You just got to keep coming. You just got to keep coming before Him. Amen? The outward man is going to perish. We got aches and pains and uh, we realize that this old flesh isn't going to last forever. But that inward man, hallelujah, we can make a difference in that area. It can be renewed day by day. Hallelujah. So let's pray the prayer that the psalmist prayed at the end of um, Psalms 139. And why don't we all stand and dismissing. And as we're dismissing, let's pray this prayer. Psalms 139.23 Search me, O God, and know my heart. You know, it seems pretty easy, but can you really do it? Can you ask Him to search your heart? Do you want Him to search your heart? Can you really open it up to Him? Try me, Lord. Know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Can we do that right now? Let's just love the Lord. Lord, we love You. Thank You, mighty Jesus, for Your Word. And we just pray, God, that You would help us, Lord, to open up our hearts. God, open up our minds to You. Lord, we need you, Jesus. We are nothing without your touch. Help us to be bold enough, O oh God, to pray the prayer. Not my will, but thy will, O oh Lord. Help us to come boldly into your presence. Let us hold nothing back, O oh Lord, but to realize, hallelujah, that our only hope is in you. And that you love us. That you can able to lead us and guide us in the way that is everlasting. Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty Jesus. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And let everybody say, Amen. You may be dismissed in the fear of the Lord. God bless you tonight.